Hey, Sober Girls. Every life choice you make has an impact, and some choices are just easier than others. An easy choice for me has been adding Exact Nature CBD into my daily routine. Exact Nature's products can help curb cravings while promoting the positive changes in mood, focus, and my favorite, sleep. These are all part of getting and staying sober. They're available in oils, soft gels, and gummies, and in varying strengths and formulas. What I love most about Exact Nature is I know the quality is top tier and safe because their products are made by people in recovery for people in recovery. Go to exactnature.com to get 20% off your order. Use code SOBERGIRL20 at checkout. Being positive is a choice. Exact Nature just makes it easier. Welcome to a Sober Girl's Guide podcast, a lifestyle podcast based on sobriety and recovery. I'm your host and sober girl, Jessica Jabot. Inspired by my own sobriety and wellness journey, I want to spread the wealth of knowledge. Tune in each week for uncensored conversations about mental health, self-development, wellness and spirituality, and how they influence each guest's unique recovery journey. My goal is to educate and inspire and to let you know you are not alone on your recovery journey. Thanks so much for tuning in to a Sober Girls Guide podcast. Let's go! Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 177 of a Sober Girls Guide podcast. On today's episode, I have the absolute pleasure of sitting down with Instagram and TikTok's funniest recovery and sobriety creator, Abby Feltman. She talks all about her recovery journey and how going through COVID, she took on healing and her recovery as a full-time job. She is here to share tips and tricks around her sobriety, and her story is just incredible. So let's get into it. At A Sober Girl's Guide, we got your back, and so does Exact Nature. Their safe, all-natural, CBD-based products are specially formulated to help you face the unique challenges of getting and staying sober. Whether it's curbing those cravings, wrangling in those changes in moods, or helping you get a better night's sleep. To learn more about their products and commitment to helping you in your recovery, visit exactnature.com. What I love about Exact Nature is they are produced and formulated by people who are in recovery themselves. It is 100% safe and natural to your recovery journey. Head to exactnature.com and use discount code SOBERGIRL20 for 20% off your order. Abby, what is going on? How are you? Hey, how's it going? I'm good, thank you. I'm good, thank you. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm really excited to talk to you because I love your social media. Like, dude, you are like the queen of just like sobriety comedy. Like, it's <laughs> it's so dead on because it's freaking true, right? Like everything that you do, like reels or, or stories or like just like little funny memes about, it's funny because it's like, Oh shit! Yeah, like I think that too. <laughs> or I feel that oh, too. I'm glad you think so. Yeah, oh I think God. like comedy is just a uh, for me anyway. It's so important for for recovery. You know, Definitely. especially like just having like the clarity to kind of look, look look back and laugh at yourself. You know, it helps. It helps me move on anyway, or just move forward. At least, yeah, and you know, yeah. you gotta gotta laugh at yourself. And sometimes these things are funny, you know. Like a lot of a lot of my <laughs> a lot of my days in active addiction were really really dark, um, but yeah. some of it yeah. is quite funny. And then like I don't know, it's just the ridiculousness of it, really. Yeah, and I, I feel like, or I I personally feel like, when you get to the point where you can kind of make fun of yourself or find mm-hmm. the humility in it. Do you find that like, okay, like I feel like I've healed, like I've, I've healed this part or this situation in my life. Do you feel the same? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's definitely part of the process, you know, it's like when you're in it, you can't laugh about it. And when it still hurts, you can't laugh mm-hmm. about it. So when you do reach that point when you can kind of make fun of yourself a little bit, then 
that's kind of like a signal. It's like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm moving on. <laughs> yes, totally. That's such a good point. Like when it still hurts, it's hard to, it's mm-hmm. hard to find the humor. It's hard to find the funny parts. It's yeah. It's still real. It's raw, right? Yeah. Yeah. Not funny yet. <laughs> yeah. Not yet. Uh, which happens often in recovery for sure. Um, and I want to, I want to talk about like, you know, how you come up with these, like the concepts and where you are at in your recovery right now. But I want to, <laughs> I want, I would want you to kind of take us back to before sobriety. So what was, what was BS Abby like? What was before sobriety Abby like? <laughs> there were like, there were stages to my drinking and okay. drug use. Like, I, I, I think everyone many people have this very similar story I was really really fun I was like a fun quirky good time girl you know I was a party girl uh um I like I was fun to go out with and always up for a laugh and then and then as I as I progressed um and as I became more obsessed with alcohol my life revolved around it a bit more um I wasn't so much fun anymore, you know. Uh, the consequences, yeah, it's so cute. Um, the, the consequences. So to begin with, there weren't any consequences. But as I grew older, the, the consequences became more dire and more difficult to bounce back from. And then what was once like fun, quirky drinking, uh, while a lot of people around me kind of moved on and started like taking life a little bit more seriously, I started. Mm-hmm getting further into addiction and with that all like the mental health issues that surround that so I was getting more depressed more lost I've lost lost even more self-esteem lost my sense of self completely and it just deteriorated until like the last year of my drinking whereas god it was just awful maybe like the last two years I'd say like there was no fun drinking then like it was all very sad and desperate and lonely. Even when I was drinking with other people, like I wasn't, in the last like two years of my drinking, there wasn't like any point where I drank to have fun. I was drink at that point, I was drinking because I was physically addicted to it. I was drinking because I just couldn't face reality. I didn't know how to face reality anymore. So I was a daily drinker. I was a wake up in the morning and drink kind of person. I wasn't sober for many years. Um, yeah uh yeah it just got yeah it just got very sad and desperate at the end (laughs) do you can you kind of pinpoint or or have you kind of thought like when it switched like when it switched from like that Mm. fun you know I'm I don't know if you could tell me like was it always like wake up and drink I tell tell you when the the tides turn when I when I realized that I was an adult and I could drink whenever I wanted to was oh. when I had when I was so like before when I was like when I when I started drinking I was yeah. I was probably about 14 and okay. I drink at like parties with my friends or whatever and it would be like a Saturday night drinking with my friends etc and yeah. then um I moved up out of home and moved to London because I'm not originally from London I'm just outside um mm-hmm. but I moved into London City when I was 18 and I was doing a lot of drinking then but even then it wasn't wake up and drink or it wasn't drinking on my own yeah and I must have been about 21 or 22. Yeah. I was living in an apartment with a couple of girls that I met on the internet. Um, and I was working at a pub. And I remember walking home from the pub, even though I was working in a pub, I could technically drink whenever I wanted. I remember yeah. walking home after a shift one time and then going into a shop, buying some vodka. And I was just like, oh my God, I can, I'm an adult. I can drink this whenever I want. And I bought some ice cream and some Doritos. So I was like, oh, and I can eat junk food too. This is fantastic. Yeah. And I remember it was just like a little bottle of vodka. Like now, maybe not now, but at the end of my drinking, if I drank that bottle of vodka, it wouldn't even touch the sides. Like it wouldn't even get me a little bit tipsy. But yeah. at the time when I was like in my early 20s, I got wasted. And I was just by myself. And I, I remember thinking, oh, I don't actually need an excuse to drink. I can just drink whenever oh. I feel like it. And yeah. it was like an epiphany. And it was like, like at the time, it felt like opportunity and it felt like doors opening and it felt like another world. Now looking back on it, I see alcohol more of doors closing and, 
and opportunity is being taken away from me as my my ability to choose get got taken away from me um sure. at the time it was bloody fantastic <laughs> I, was like, yeah. okay. uh, I didn't have to wait for someone else to feel like drinking I could just do it myself and then mm. and then so and then I had many party years I had very like, like I've always like gone through bouts of depression and 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 difficult times and but mm. mostly it was fun drinking but when it when it got to drinking in the morning yeah. was when I'm I went <laughs> I went backpacking when I was like 23 mm. and it was supposed <laughs> I was 23 I guess it was 2011 I went backpacking it was supposed to be six months of backpacking uh, and it ended up well, I ended I, I ended that backpacking trip in 2020 when I got sober. So yeah, uh, what? Yeah, was that not? Yeah, <laughs> I, like it was supposed to be a six month trip, but again, I realised that I could do whatever I fucking wanted to do. And when yeah. I was like traveling, I was like working around the world as I travelled. Um, but oh yeah, I, <laughs> I kind of just like had this. I don't know this ability to just do whatever I wanted and the the, the life of a backpacker yeah it's very like it's very big drinking culture you know yeah. people are like you're very much like you know there's a, there's a lot of partying going on especially when you're like meeting other people like everyone's drinking right, right. is that I, other people like oh my god it's, yeah essentially you were like on the road right like were you yeah. alone backpacking yeah yeah alone. like I always made like loads oh. of friends um okay. and like pick people up along the way and stuff but just always at hostels it was like the easiest way to kind of like meet people and, yeah and I I ended up living in Southeast Asia for about four years um in oh. Laos working at a bar and um <laughs> we got we got paid I, I did a daily bartending shift sometimes too we got paid in alcohol, drugs, a place to live, and, and food. Like, we didn't get any money. We just got, like, all what? of our like, needs met. And it was literally, like... How is so that legal? It was not. <laughs> absolutely not. Like, didn't have a work visa. Like, every every month. Oh, yeah. yeah every okay, month. We had, like, cross the, yeah, we had to cross the Thai border yeah. and then get another, uh, another month's like visa on our passport yeah um yeah you did that for okay. four years every month yeah. you crossed yeah 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 um, <laughs> you become friends with the, like the border patrol you're like oh there's abby like <laughs> well uh if only i don't i don't do you know what i don't really think i stood out that much because there was a fucking tons of us doing it like oh, okay. there is okay. yeah like with with the backpacking scene like it comes like a lot of the same sort of of people and a, and a lot of kind of you know young young youngsters who are running away from things you know in mm. in running away from life like in my case I was I didn't want any responsibility I didn't want to get a job I didn't want to have a career I didn't want to have to pay bills I just wanted to party and I just wanted to drink and like this backpacking lifestyle like enabled me to do that totally um, yeah and then that is when my daily drinking so my morning drinking started mm-hmm even that's like okay. I mean I'd always drink in <laughs> I remember like going to house parties when I was younger and like yeah. if we stayed over at the house or like we passed out and sober or whatever when I, I remember waking like, I would wake up and start drinking immediately and everyone else would be like what the hell are you doing I was like drink, drinking drinking alcohol you know because yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> like why not yeah it's here. yeah it's still here there's like there's there's cans here and also I feel hungover so if I drink this then I will not be hungover and and I remember just thinking it's the most normal logical thing to do um so I just yeah that that was a bit of morning drinking but then my morning drinking became more regular yeah when I was when I was doing a lot of backpacking uh mainly because because the bar that I worked in was next door to our house yeah so I would just like walk like walk out of the house in the morning and go to the bar crack open a beer and then go back to my room like wow yeah and it was completely like natural like no one around you said anything like yeah exactly and then like the and the the kind of friends that I had and people and I'm still like really good friends with a lot of these people that 
that I worked with and, and knew yeah. back then. Um, but we're all kind of like, we were there, we were living in this town, working in this bar all for the same reason, because we wanted to party nonstop. Sure. So it's no judgment if you wanted to drink at eight o'clock in the morning, yeah. you know. Um, we're, all, we're all there for the same reasons. We were like, not everyone that I was spending time with was an alcoholic. Um, some people were, you know, were just, were just, you know, maybe spending like a month or two working mm. at the bar rather than four years. Um, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow, that's wild that your backpacking six months turned into like four, four years in total. Well, that's my that's four years I lived in Southeast Asia. I, okay, I, I left. I left on this backpacking trip in two thousand eleven, right. and the trip ended in twenty twenty. So what's that? Nine years. Yeah, nine years. Nine nine years. Yeah, like I lived all around the world. I lived in Canada. I lived in um, no like Australia. I lived in the states. Yeah. I mean, that sounds really interesting, but but I have to like ask. I'm so curious. Like, what were you running from? Oh, well, well, this is the ironic thing. I was running from myself. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> she just keeps to really tag along, doesn't she? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, my my drinking when when you know the, the good time quirky party girl drinking ended uh I was very much drinking to escape myself because like being having to sit with myself for longer than a minute was just uh, too painful way too painful um and it still is painful now um I just don't drink over it Um, (laughs) but that was my coping mechanism um is you know I, I had I still do have very low self-esteem like mm. like I remember like, ever since I was like, a teenager really really hating myself uh, just mm. not, not really having any respect for myself or just basically just not wanting to be here yeah and so drinking kind of like yeah took me out of my head took me out of that so I was I was trying to escape from myself trying to escape from my own head yeah and that's why I didn't put down roots for so long like it's only in the last two years that I've actually managed to put down some roots because you know I don't want to get too comfortable in a place because then I'd have to end up inevitably I'd have to end up taking a look at myself and my life and I'd have to you know start. I think we can all agree that anxiety is so 2023. Say peace out to anxiety and overwhelm with chill vibe gummies made with ashwagandha root, L-theanine, GABA, chamomile flower, and lemon balm, these gluten-free, vegan, non-GMO gummies are the perfect way to change your vibe naturally, and most importantly, safely. Whenever I tried medication for my anxiety, I was always hit with extreme side effects that made me feel paranoid or just completely numbed of all emotions, the good and the bad. Chill Vibe Gummies make you feel like you, just minus the anxiety. Go to vibegummies.com to get your gummies today. That's V-I-B-E gummies.com. Living like a functioning human being. So every time I kind of got the, got the kind of inkling that, that I was going to have to settle down or I was settling down, I was like, oh shit, I better book a flight. And then I go to another country or go to another city. Right. Move on, yeah. Or it seemed like a pretty like steady cycle and pattern that you were in, you know, like that was yeah. a pretty, pretty ingrained in, in yourself. Like just okay, well, we can just leave. Like we don't like this. Perfect. Book a flight. We're out. Yeah. Um, quite That's literally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so how did you how did you come to sobriety? Like how did you why would you want to break this pattern if it was kind of working for you, right? For mm. many years. Mm. let's start there why why yeah well because it? it stopped working you know mm. it, did, it did it did it did have a very good effect for a while it did it did the job that I wanted it to mm-hmm. like traveling and drinking and drugging like helped me run away from myself until mm. it, it eventually stopped working and mm. um my my mental health issues were just which was out of control. My drinking was out of control. My depression was out of control. Like I was, yeah. I was just, oh, towards the end of my drinking, I was, I was suicidal daily. Like I'd wake up in the morning and I was just like, oh, I just want to kill myself. Like, yeah. 
it was on my mind constantly. I was almost ob- as obsessed with killing myself as I was drinking about oh. like alcohol. Um, yeah. And yeah, I guess like maybe my, my depression got really, really bad around 2017. I think I was living in Australia. Yeah. Uh, um, and then to, to, fi- to fix my depression, I was like, oh, I'm going to move back to Southeast Asia. Well, I'm going to go back to Southeast Asia. That's, that's going to fix me. Sure. And I, remember, yeah, <laughs> and I remember like when I, like the days leading up to that flight, I remember thinking, I don't want to go. Like, I actually don't mm. want to move anymore. Like I just want to, like I've run out of energy. Like I don't want to, yeah. I can't run anymore. Like I literally can't run anymore. I don't have the energy. But I, wow. I kind of forced myself to anyway. Yeah. And then I ended, then I ended up going back to back to Laos, and then uh, I was really, really depressed. I was thinking about killing myself. I was like, oh, all right, I'm going to do it. I'm going to kill myself in Southeast Asia. And then I met this bloke. Right. I met I met this American man, and I fell in love with him. And I was Aww. like, oh my god, my depression's fixed. He's like, oh my god, this man has fixed me. This fantastic um oh, no. yeah I know like <laughs> when I look back on it now I'm like Abby no um, <laughs> but I moved to New York with this man okay um and I was yeah I was I was just so so in love with him and I was like oh my god I can't I didn't realize that like you know just to heal you've got like it's a it's an inside job and, and it's something that you've got to do yourself and it's something you've yeah. got to work to yourself you can't like just, yeah. yeah just because you meet a sexy american man doesn't mean it's fixed and then, like, like so like the, the kind of romanticism of that wore off right um uh the novelty wore off and i i, I moved to new york with him we were living in long island and then yeah. just like after yeah. the initial kind of like like holiday phase or the, the initial honeymoon phase yeah yeah the honeymoon phase like wore off like so the, the girl that he met was like like this fun girl he met like like abroad in this like exotic location. We're drinking, pie all the time. The girl that he met was like free spirited, carefree. And then like when we went back to the real world, I kind yeah. of like revealed my true identity as like a depressed alcoholic gremlin. And I just like lived in his house and drank all his tequila. He'd get home from work and he'd be like, "Are you drunk again?" I'd be like, "Fucking yeah." And then, like, oh man, I was so toxic. I was just a nightmare to live with. I just, I get drunk and yell at him. Um, I was just, I was angry at myself. I was angry at the world. I was Mm. pissed off that this. I kind of like made this man into my new drug. Yeah. Um, And I was kind of, I was getting high off him. And when that stopped working, I was kind of going through like withdrawal. Um, uh, Yeah. And then he just had enough of me (laughs) one day, and he was like you got to leave you got to leave like he thought you had like a mm. holiday romance but like yeah. you know he just had like a drunk British chick in his living room yelling at him <laughs> so he like so he pushed me a flight to Canada in like the middle of the night and, uh, really? and I yeah yeah and where in Canada to, yeah Ottawa so we drove oh, to, random yeah we have yeah I know we have a mutual friend there okay who like agreed to take me in um so yeah this this guy this American guy my boyfriend he like drew drove me to Newark airport like four o'clock in the morning and he was like right go to Canada <laughs> put me on like a plane I was like oh shit um oh. And then I, they arrived in Ottawa right and I was like oh shit I've lost the love of my life and then like all my depression had like seeped back in mm-hmm. and I was like like you know I I'd gone up so high when I was like in love with him like yeah. fall, I come crashing down to her and I was just I got I was so suicidal again I was so depressed and then I was living with my mate and then I was like and then I and then I met this other guy <laughs> this other guy and he was like hey he was a, well he was a recovering alcoholic each and every person has been touched by recovery whether it's a partner son daughter best friend work colleague or yourself personally. Whatever your reason for recovery is, we are all in this together. At A Sober Girl's Guide, our mission is to build awareness, foster a strong community, and give you the tools to change your relationship with alcohol. 
Soberlink is a remote alcohol monitoring technology created to help provide accountability for people in recovery. The system includes a high-tech breathalyzer device with facial recognition that allows you to share your sobriety in real time with loved ones who can offer support in the event of a slip-up or relapse. Soberlink has helped hundreds of thousands of people document proof of sobriety in real time to help rebuild that trust and foster peace of mind. Soberlink is currently building a strong community of people in recovery. Get inspired and inspire others today by joining the community at www.soberlink.com forward slash ASGG. He he was actually the first person that I'd met who was in recovery. Oh, I was like, oh, there's such a thing as like addiction recovery? What the fuck? Yeah, Um, what is this? Yeah, I was like, I thought that sober people... Oh, people who didn't drink anymore were like old, old ex-alcoholic men who yeah. like I don't know. That was my idea. Of like, like big red noses and just yeah, like, like yeah, weird red cheeks from drinking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I didn't realize that like people, like I don't know, like young people, or just just like people that I like identified with, like this guy was like the same age as me, whatever. Yeah. I didn't realize that young people get sober too. Anyway, but yeah. he relapsed. Okay. Um, and I was like, "Oh, great, got a drinking buddy." And he was like, "Yep, yeah, uh, I'm gonna cause carnage. You want to come for come along for the ride?" And I was like, "I want to destroy everything in my path. Yes, let's do it." And he was like, "Do you want to smoke crack?" And I was like, "Yep." So, we, so to deal with this breakup from this American guy, I was like, "Right, and I'm just gonna come up a crackhead. I'm just gonna do it. I'm just gonna be a crackhead now." Um, and then me and this guy went on this like four month crack bender. It was horrific. It was awful. Like, oh my God, like I barely slept. I was sick all the time. I was high on crack. Like, oh God, we lived in this horrible little bed set, like this one room apartment. Oh, it was disgusting. Anyway, <laughs> so that was a real low point. Like yeah. this was not like happy drug taking. This wasn't like like raving yeah. and whatever. And this was like smoking crack, waking up in the morning, smoking crack in bed. Um, oh. like picking just like like barely leaving this like smoke filled room. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we did leave the house, it would be with like we'd fill our water bottles up with wine, like just so we like had thing like some sort of way to keep up our buzz whilst we kind of went about our day. Right. It was all very, very sad. Like it wasn't fun. It was, it was, no. it was, it was really sad and really desperate kind of like using. Um, and it was all just to get out because he was equally as depressed as I was. So it was all yeah. just to get out of our heads, get out of our thoughts, get out of our feelings. Cause it was just too painful. And, yeah. and like neither of us cared about ourselves. Like, you know, so like, Oh, if we die, we die. Like it really didn't matter. It didn't matter at all. So, wow. so um, but then, then I got exhausted of that yeah. and I can't smoke crack anymore. Like, this is just silly. Yeah. I got down. And then that was another rock bottom. And then I moved to Vancouver Island where I had my last rock bottom. Well, two last rock bottoms. Okay. I was living in, I was living in like, this little tourist town called Tofino. Oh, um, yeah. Tofino was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome, but not so in cool. I moved there. I moved there like in December and it was oh, no. raining and no. dark all the time. Um no, no. and I didn't I had I didn't have any friends. Um I was working at this barbecue restaurant and I just oh, I was living in a trailer, which was actually quite cool. Um and I was I'm like I I I thought moving so again, I thought moving somewhere else would fix me. Yeah. I thought I thought like right I'm in a new place everything's gonna be better now everything's gonna be okay sure. but like it wasn't <laughs> like I wasn't smoking crack anymore but my drinking just was out of control like yeah. I couldn't stop like I didn't want to drink I really didn't want to drink it was making me miserable it was making me sick but I just couldn't stop like, I literally right. just couldn't stop um until one day I was I was like why that's it like I was I was in blackout this episode is sponsored by better help A common misconception about relationships is that they have to be easy to be right. But sometimes the best ones happen when you put the work in to make them great. Therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you face in all your relationships, whether with your friends, work, your significant other, or most importantly, yourself. My biggest fear is that I was unlovable. 
that something was just not good enough or deserving of love. My therapist has helped me to see that my thoughts are not necessarily the truth. Therapy has helped me overcome these limiting beliefs that were keeping me in unhealthy patterns in my life. We are our own worst critic, and I love that my therapist reminds me of how far I have come. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out the brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit betterhelp.com ASGG today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash ASGG. And then I remember like kind of, there's, there's a few hours there that I can't remember. But I remember kind of coming to, I remember crying. I was seeing this guy. I remember, I remember there's always a guy that I'm seeing. Um, I remember crying on the phone to him. Yeah. Being like, I'm going to kill myself. I'm going to kill myself. And the next thing I remember, I'm like hanging from the, from the ceiling of this trailer. Um, and he bursts through the door and like pulls me down. Like I full on, like, like try to hang myself. I was yeah. like choking on death's door and he pulled me down. Um, and then called, he called the police and like an ambulance and stuff. And I thought they were just going to like check up on me and see if I was all right. But it turns out if you try and kill yourself, they don't just let you go. They no. just let you get on with your life. Um, so I had a nice little stay in the psych ward. Yeah. Um, and and he. When I got out of the psych ward, I was, I was in there for three days. When I got out, I went straight to the liquor store, kept on drinking. Um, and then a few days later, lost my job. Uh, I was working at a barbecue restaurant. Yeah. Um, and I just had, like, I, I, I had stopped caring a long time ago. Um, yeah. So I, like, I stopped caring about, about everything. I had complete apathy about everything. Um, so I chugged a bottle of vodka. <laughs> behind the bar and then the owner came in the owner who hated me anyway because um, once when I was drunk I asked him from if he had a number for a meth dealer um so he, he was not he did not like me anymore not impressed yeah no, he, he was not impressed but I thought I was being cute uh <laughs> he was not impressed by my antics um yeah he came in and I was like slumped but the, the restaurant was full of people just me and another server and I'm like slumped behind the bar just like drunk out of my skull um yeah. and uh yeah he was mad he was super super mad and the next day I went in for a meeting and he was like oh, I think you have it he was like obviously you're fired and I was like yep yeah, yeah. yeah I'll take that and then he was like he was like also I think you have a problem with alcohol and I was like yeah you don't say by that point yeah. I had, I knew that I was an alcoholic I just accepted it I was like, okay. this is my lot in life. I'm depressed and I am an alcoholic. Like, that's just my life. That's just what I have to deal with. Yeah. Um, and that was my last rock bottom. That one. So they, okay. they, 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 all these events. When you change your relationship with alcohol, you realize you have so many hours in the day. I love to dedicate my time to skincare. And Osea makes me and my skin feel and look like a queen. Osea's clean, vegan, and sustainable body care is a glowing choice for achieving your body care and self-care goals. Whenever I use the Andaria Algae Body Butter, people literally stop me on the street. My skin is flawless and glowing, and I love the thick and unbelievably rich texture that absorbs instantly. Skincare is a habit worth keeping all year round. Osea can help your skin have a healthy glow every day. Because let's be honest, skincare is self-care. With over 27 years of seaweed-infused products, Osea is safe on your skin and the planet. It is clean, vegan, and cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. Never choose between your values and your best skin. Start the new year fresh with clean, vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Right now, we have a special discount just for our listeners. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code ASGG at oseamalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to 
OSEAMalibu.com and use code ASGG for 10% off. It kind of happened in like one year. Okay. Um, and then the pandemic hit. Yeah. And I went, I went home. Like all the other backpackers were going home. There was so much uncertainty. Yeah. So I went home and I told, I told everyone that I knew that I lost my job because of uh, COVID, but really it was because I drank a bottle of vodka behind the bar. Um, I, used, I used the cover of COVID. Yeah, the COVID cover. <laughs> kind of like go back little... into UK life. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I, I, I moved back home to my mum's house and I, I carried on drinking, carried on drinking. And then again, sad and suicidal. And then just the weirdest thing happened. I don't know why it was at that point. I don't know why this didn't happen. Like, like after all my other rock bottoms, yeah. but I was just, I'd come off like a, like a two week bender. Um, and I was, I like cleaned all the room, all the bottles out of my room. And I was sat at the end of my bed and I was just felt very, very hopeless. And, and I was exhausted. I just didn't have any fight left in me. I didn't have anything left. Didn't have anything left to give. I, did, I had nothing left that anyone could take from me either. And I was just sat at the end of my bed. And then it was like, I just the weirdest thing happened. It's like I heard a voice that was kind of like told me, like, it doesn't have to be this way. You don't have to do this anymore. And it was like in that moment, I like surrendered and I kind of completely surrendered all my power, like all the resistance, like everything just yeah. surrendered. And I was like, oh my God. Like I, I don't have like I, I, I have to stop drinking. Like I don't, I don't have to drink. I can take. Mm. I can, like if I, it was like all the puzzle pieces were kind of like slotted into place, and I like saw the bigger picture. And yeah. I, I remember thinking like all my problems and my issues in my life, like have been have either been caused or unfixable because of alcohol. The alcohol is the blockage in my life that's stopping me from progressing. It's stopping me from getting the things that I want, stopping me from being happy. And then it just all made like perfect sense. It was as if I like fucking like solved an algebra question equation or something. I was like, oh my yeah. God, if I stop drinking, things might get better. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then, it and then actually I just is did- like a formulation. It's like, yeah, some, you have to see like the, the almost cause and effect of some things mm. and, and you're so when you're in it you can't even see the equation you don't even know that a freaking equation yeah. exists that's it mm. no clue that's exactly it um and it all just made sense it all made sense and then i and i haven't drank since just you just stopped like cold turkey i just stopped cold turkey i was just like oh i've got the answer now <laughs> And I just, I just, did, I just didn't drink again. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. So, how have you continued to not drink? Because it's been what? It's been like over two years now, right? Yeah, over two years. Amazing! Two years. Congratulations! Yeah. Thank you so huge. much. No, thanks. Like very huge to go from like literally you being like okay well this is my this is my lot in life like I'm a depressed mm-hmm. alcoholic who's extremely suicidal like I'm just gonna take that on you know like that's my personality now yeah yeah <laughs> to someone who's like actually this alcohol is hindering everything in my life and causing this depression and causing these suicidal mm-hmm. tendencies but like I can see how you know through your story how alcohol did work right like yeah it had it had yeah. a place in time in your life and how that it it worked for what you needed it to you needed it to like quiet your mind you needed to escape mm. yourself and alcohol did that yeah it, and it does it for a lot of people until it doesn't yeah well that's it it was, right. it was like Alcohol is the solution to my problem until it became my problem. Like, yeah, um, <laughs> my, my life just started like and ended up revolving around alcohol. Yeah, mm. yeah, it's brutal. Like planning your day and planning your schedule around like when to drink, when I'm gonna be hungover. Mm. Like, am I gonna have enough time to like kind of get my shit together? Yeah, <laughs> <It's> debatable. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
Yeah. It takes up a lot of mental real estate, mm. which mm-hmm. is, is welcome. I, I can see how being in a depressive state, taking up that mental real estate is welcomed. Mm-hmm. Right. So you don't okay. have to focus on, on reality. You don't have to focus on your feelings or you don't have to focus on like what is actually happening. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it makes complete sense. It makes total sense. So mm-hmm. I guess Abby, like my question is to you, the, like I said before, like these patterns seem to be so ingrained in your life and like, so like, like you said, you took them on as a part of you. Yeah. How do you continue to stay sober? First, my first year of sobriety mm-hmm. was very much on a very much on a pink cloud. Mm. Um, and now this was so I got sober right at the beginning of the pandemic, yeah. right at the beginning of lockdown. Um, so I like I was living at my mum's house. Okay. Um, I was getting like like a, the the money that the government were giving out, whatever. Yeah. Um, so I made recovery my full-time job like healing was my full-time job like I was unemployable by that point anyway but you know I didn't I didn't have any outgoings like like the the entire country was down on lockdown you know right couldn't couldn't, didn't have anything to spend my money on anyway um and I wasn't spending it on drugs and alcohol so (laughs) so I didn't have any investment into yourself yeah yeah so I didn't have any expenses I had a lot of free time a lot of free time so I just yeah I made recovery I was in a very, I'm very, very grateful for not for the pandemic, but but grateful that I was I was able to have the time and space um, yeah. to heal because I know that's not afforded to everyone. Yeah. I, I was I was I was in a, a good position to be able to like move in with family and and have that support. Um, yeah, I may, I may recover in my full time job. I I read a lot of books. Yeah. I. I remember going through my phone going through my instagram feed and unfollowing like all the party and drinking accounts that i followed mm-hmm. and followed i just searched for like sobriety sober recovery and then like yeah started following loads of people in the recovery community and then connecting with people and like realizing that there was a whole heap of other people who thought like me who had similar experiences mm-hmm. as i did I, I thought oh wow <laughs> like I, I know I was thinking that not that I was special like, I am a unique person with unique problems and then right like right. I kind of just untapping that community online and I realized that there's oh yeah the whole host of people who have the same same issues as I did um yeah. as I do um yeah I did a lot of meditation I did a lot of yoga I did a lot of like uh yeah just work on myself really for that first year and that first year was really good and I was like oh my god I've cracked the code to the universe I am god everyone doing this like yeah Yeah, exactly I was just like oh my god I'm never gonna be upset again like I am never gonna have a bad feeling ever again um and then obviously that all came crashing down which again I've realized that I'm not special and this happens to so many people I have a great like first yeah like obviously you know it's it's difficult to not drink especially when you've relied on it so much but like like for me I don't know after the first like six months was really tough with like cravings but once I kind of like pushed through that it was all the kind of emotional healing that I had to concentrate on um Yeah, and then yeah, after the first year, yeah, it all came kind of like came crashing down, and I, and I, I oh, it's really shit. Like I had like a, a big kind of like bout of depression, and I, I almost lost my job that I was in, and and I was I wasn't getting on with people in my life, and it was really confusing because I was like, I'm not drinking anymore. Like why? Mm-hmm. Why am I sad? Why am I almost losing a job in sobriety? Like I must be like a fucking like lose cannon to do that like like when I'm drinking sure of course I'm gonna lose a job but like well now I'm sober for a year and I'm now I'm still losing jobs and like yeah yeah, and I I was like why am I still living this way um yeah that must uh, be confusing you're like I'm doing the right things like I'm being a good person yeah I'm not drinking doing all the things like why isn't everything fixed and then and then after that things got better again 
Um, and then things got worse again. Like I, I, I kind of came out of that bout of depression yeah. and then, then was out of it for like a month and then went straight back in. Mm. And then this, this is about February this year. Um, uh, and then, yeah, February this year, I finally kind of realised that I needed support and I needed help. I needed outside help. I needed help from other people. And then I joined a 12-step programme. Okay. Um, yeah. And now, yeah, and now that is a big part of my sobriety and it's a big part of how I stay sober and how I heal now. What does a 12-step programme do to you? do for you? For me, so I go to three meetings a week. Okay. Um, and I, I have a sponsor and I work the steps by working the steps mm-hmm. very slowly. Um, <laughs> uh, for me, it's, it's all about like, it's, a, it's all about connection. Mm-hmm. It's the connection and it's the support of other alcoholics. Yeah. Really. Like, you know, like, ever since I kind of joined the fellowship of, of AA is the is the fellowship I'm in. Yeah. Um, ever since I I joined, I I, f- I feel very safe. Like it's mm. that community and it's that support and that kind of support behind you. Like the uncertainty before would really, really, really play on my mind. You know, and yeah. just just not just feeling unsafe in life. You know. Now, now I'm now I'm in a program, and I have the fellowship behind me. Now I feel very, yeah, I feel very safe. I feel I feel held. I feel like I don't feel like I'm invincible, but I feel like then if something happened, if something really bad happened, then I'd 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 always have support, always. Yes. And then it's just connecting to people who have the who who have the same like way of thinking as me mm-hmm. the same mindset like the people I see every week like couldn't be any more different than me you know I'm in sure. I'm in meetings with like these old men who haven't who haven't drank who, are, who have like 30 years of sobriety they've yeah. not drank all the time and then like and then I'll talk to them like at the beginning of the meeting and they'll be like oh yes I was playing chess with Charles today blah 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 and I'm like hang on um, <laughs> and you're like and then, okay yeah, I'm like yeah cool man and then he'll and then they'll like and then they'll start sharing their story and their experiences and it will be exactly the same mm. as what I've experienced like the way that they'll talk about like their their mind process their thought process um the way they talk about it and the way that they just describe their relationship with alcohol yeah that it impacted their lives it's just it's just like so relatable I'm like oh, you are a strange old man but like we are the same we're the yeah. same and it's like that connection that that really helps me yeah you guys well. are speaking the same language <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. especially that's... like it, being so lonely in active addiction it's finding yeah. people like that like yeah yeah I mean listen like water seeks its own level. I always like to say, you know, like you, whatever you're searching for, you will find, like you find someone to like smoke crack with. Yeah. You'll find it. If you want, you want to find people to drink with, you'll find it. Yeah. You want to find people that speak your same language and like, what, like have the same things and are like-minded people, you're going to find it, but it's up to you to decide what those like-minded things are <laughs> yeah yeah that's it <laughs> you know we're, we're built for connection we're hardwired for it mm. and life mm. I'm not going to say it's easier well somebody it feels easier because you're not alone you're not like an alien yeah. with yourself god being alone with our own thoughts sometimes like it gets gets heavy it gets yeah. hard yeah absolutely yeah. yeah and sometimes you just need that like outside bird's eye view to be like yo abby that is not true (laughs) yeah and here's why and here's like what we're gonna do you know like (laughs) you just need you need that outside opinion sometimes yeah bird's eye view (laughs) yeah 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 i need that a lot (laughs) right but it's hard it's hard not to believe everything you think Mm. Mm. it's hard because like 
especially with with things like I mean there's a fine line with like trusting your intuition like how do you differentiate differentiate your intuition from your like your thoughts yeah right yeah it's difficult to like learn how to trust yourself in sobriety because like yes when I listened to myself before my mind was saying like smoke crack it's yeah. like like I shouldn't get it should crack yeah exactly like I shouldn't listen to that part of me anymore but now now there are parts of me that say like oh you you, sh- you deserve to get better um mm. and yeah so yeah I'm just kind of like learning to to trust myself and then follow that voice that does say like you know you do you, you are lovable <laughs> you do deserve yeah. good things yeah I do totally and mm. that's what it is it's trusting yourself mm. but it takes time because right? we yeah. built this case against ourselves. Yeah. We've built this case against like not trusting ourselves. Mm. Abby, where can people find you on the World Wide Web? Um, so I'm on Instagram. Um, and my username is abby.feltum. And then I'm on TikTok. My username is Abby Feltum without the dot. I always like repost your stuff because it's just gold. It's I love it it's spot on it it hits the spot like I said before because it is real but using Uh a little bit of humor helps us in the healing process and hearing your story Abby and you know how you've gotten to this point and how you've gotten to just over two years of sobriety Uh is very very inspiring so thank you so much much for sharing your experiences and sharing your knowledge with us how incredible is abby and her story and i'm so grateful for her being so open and honest with us and sharing her recovery story you know it's not always smiles and happy and laughing and giggling all the time you know it's putting in the healing and and doing the work and we're so, so proud of Abby. As always, thank you so much for listening. Please make sure to rate, subscribe, and rate the podcast. We love to hear your feedback. Please make sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at A Sober Girl's Guide. And for tips and tricks along your journey, head over to asobergirlsguide.com. If you're looking for accountability, support, and community, this is the place. Head to asobergirlsguide.com. We got your back at whatever stage of your journey you are in. We got you, girl. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day.